Hey, welcome to The Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Where are you casting your net? And this morning, the net's going to be a bit of a metaphor for things that you put your time, your energy, your motivation into. That net could be life-giving or it could be life-draining. Now, last week, Murray shared about I guess, the secret to flourishing was that loving God and loving neighbour. Today, it's going to be another secret to flourishing, to living a full life, is casting your net into the right place and perhaps putting that net into places that you wouldn't normally expect to see fruit come from. Just a little reminder, so the purpose of our Term 1 series, what we're calling treasure, just to remind everyone, this is what we've been praying for when we do these sermons. We have outcomes we want to see achieve. So we have our big goal, which is 24 in 24, and we have sort of micro goals across the term. And when we sit down and pray over our sermons, we just don't want to just get up here and teach just for the sake of teaching, but to actually see some actions from that. And the first one is big on my heart is we have an 8.30 a.m. prayer meeting here. In fact, today was really cool. We met out in the foyer and prayed over the centre. While our staff were coming in, while patrons were coming in, we'd love to see five people there at least every week. Come along to the conference room and join us in prayer as we pray over the centre. One of the things that I've set for myself and our team is for the opportunity after service to pray for one person, to sort of have our spiritual eyes on, not just to talk about the weather and the footy. Sometimes that happens, that's, that's okay. But to be trying to pray and encouraging others to do that too. When you're in the middle of a conversation, like, hey, how about I just pray for you? 30-second prayer. That's going to change more than just talking. Um, our big one, obviously, 24 and 24, a big part of it is seeing new people coming to faith. So this term praying for five new people to come to church, not just five people coming, but those people to get connected in. And lastly too, obviously talking about treasure, that's our key word for this year. Treasure is to actually encourage people to be giving, to be going, hey, you know what, Lord, if the earth is yours and everything on it, well, then I'm going to be a bit more sacrificial and trust that you'll provide that back. So that's just a reminder of what we're aiming for for our Term 1 series. Again, I go back to that question, friends. I'm going to ask repeatedly, where are you casting your net? Is your net life-giving or is it life-draining? The famous monk, well, you might not know he's famous. He's sort of famous in church history. Anthony of the Desert. He was a third century Egyptian monk. He was one of the founders of monastic or monk living. And he sort of wrestled with this idea of, I guess, nets being life-giving or life-draining. And he said, yeah, it's a bit of an antiquated English, but I saw the snares, or that could be traps or net. I saw the snares that the enemy spreads out all over the world. And I said, groaning, what can I get through from such snares? Then I heard a voice saying to me, 
humility. Powerful stuff. God spoke to Anthony that in order to overcome the traps, the trials, the, the nets that drain life from us, we have to find humility. And that humility rests in Jesus Christ. But that humility also rests upon us to not be so proud that we think, well, okay, if Jesus says I should cast my net here, that's a really dumb idea. I'm not going to. We need to have the humbleness to recognize perhaps God is calling us to do something that requires us to step out in faith. That's what this morning's passage is about. When Jesus calls Peter, or as Luke names him then, Simon, Simon Peter has to step out in faith in a radical way in order to see that abundant harvest of fish being caught. And Luke chapter 5, it's a pretty straightforward passage. Um, it just says here, um, Jesus is standing by the lake, and there, as Jesus has, was common in his day, was lots of crowds were there. People were flocking around to him. In order to create a bit of breathing room, just like we have now, we have our stage to kind of create a bit of a barrier to help projection. Jesus jumps onto one of the boats. He jumps onto Simon's boat. And there he sees Simon and James and John, all of them there, cleaning their, note, their nets after a hard night of fishing. And then when Jesus has finished teaching... He says something that, because we know the story really well, kind of loses impact. Let's pretend we've never heard this story. Let's pretend we're a fisherman in the, fishing in the Sea of Galilee. Let's kind of just put our Sea of Galilee hats on. Let's just pretend that right now. Let's kind of pretend that Jesus is this land lubber, carpenter, rabbi. Okay? You are Peter or one of Peter's employees, James or John. Pretend whoever you are. Just imagine you're in the story there. This guy's been teaching. You've been up all night fishing. And then Jesus turns around to you. You are Peter. He says, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Okay. Now, now we, we know the story really well. So, oh, yeah, we, but let's pretend again. Let's pretend this is the first time hearing this. What's the problem with that? What's issue number one or you expert Galilean fishermen what's what time of day is it what's the problem pardon it's daytime morning it, it's daytime when, when's the optimal time for fishing night time okay well that's that's kind of problem number one what's issue number two where does Jesus say to put put the um the nets in deep water that's stupid. You don't put your nets into deep water. You put it into shallow water. That's what every fisherman does. From the day you are born, you'd be taught that. You go out, fish at night, drop your nets in into shallow water, drag those fish out. This is stupid, stupid advice from an earthly point of view. But Jesus isn't just an ordinary man. We know who Jesus is as the classic Sunday school answers, either Jesus or God. It's God. And God knows more. And what's really cool, if we go to the next slide, thanks, Keith, is in Greek how it's structured. Jesus just says, put out into deep water and let, it, let down the nets for a catch. How does Jesus frame this commandment? What's he saying? 
if you go out in the deep waters, what's going to happen? It's going to be a catch. Yeah, it's a promise. He's saying if you do this, it's not, oh, there might be a catch. Maybe it will happen. Well, you know, you, 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 could, you could have a surprise. It's this definite commandment. He's saying, hey, if you go and do this, if you do something that makes no sense from a first century Galilean fisherman's point of view, go out into the deep water, go out in the daytime, you drop your nets down, you will get a catch. That's just craziness. But we know what happens. We know the story. And I love what Peter, well, Simon, says. It's hard to kind of know what's sort of going through his mind. I think there's a bit of a, uh, yeah, this might work, it might not. But he says here, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But, this is important. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Amazing act of faith, recognizing, oh man, this has just been so hard. This is so tiring. I'm probably exhausted right now, but I'm going to recognize something deeper in you, Jesus. I'm going to do this. And we know the story. There is such an abundance of harvest. What happens? They have to call in the other boats. And they reckon probably a typical Galilean fishing boat, you might have had eight to ten people on it. So there's a lot of men here trying to stop these boats from sinking. This is the abundant harvest Jesus offers. And what's really cool, let's put on our Bible nerd hats. When Jesus says, put your nets, put out into deep water, where's a reference to deep water in the first page of Scripture, can anyone think? What was hovering over the deep water? Spirit of God. Now, traditionally in the Bible, deep water represents chaos, evil, destruction. That's no accident here that, that Luke is tapping into this. So actually, from the place that's traditionally death and there is no life, Jesus is bringing a harvest and abundance And friends, today, perhaps now you are casting your net into something that's not life-giving. And all you're getting is you're just there on the shore, scrubbing and cleaning this empty net that isn't life-giving. And perhaps Jesus is calling you to go out in the daytime and to drop that net into the deep water, whatever that situation is, to do something that makes no sense from a human point of view in order order for there to be an abundant harvest of life. Now, Peter's response is just pure terror. And Peter, he he, he told here in Scripture, when Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. Now, Luke also knew his Old Testament. We're going to put our Old Testament hats on again as well. And this reminds us of another time when a prophet or a man of God encountered the living God. And it points back to Isaiah chapter 6. And Isaiah chapter 6 is where the calling of Isaiah. And Isaiah sees the glory of Yahweh coming through the temple. And Isaiah's response is, Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. 
For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Now, this is interesting, a little bit different to how Jesus and Peter interact. And then it's, it's a bit strange. Then the, one of the seraphim, that's one of the angels, flew to me over a live coal in his hand, which he'd taken from the tongs of the altar, because as I see in this vision here in the temple, and with it he touched my mouth. So we know it's not real, otherwise he'd burn his mouth completely. It's a vision. And he said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and whom will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Now do you see some of the parallels there? Because what does Jesus send Peter out to do after? He says, Whoa, Get away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. What does Jesus say Peter's going to do now? Yeah, fish for people. After Isaiah sees the glory of Yahweh in the temple and goes, Woe is me, I am undone, I am ruined. What does Isaiah get called to do? He gets called to go out and send the message. There's just a phenomenal sort of way Luke is framing this story. That Jesus here in this boat, and this boat almost becomes like an altar, a temple, in a sense. And Peter recognizes that this man here, this isn't just an ordinary man. This is God. That same God that Isaiah saw and fell down in terror is now here in human form in front of Peter. And there's one more cool little reference for us to take home today. In the Old Testament, traditionally, the fishing imagery was one of negativity and judgment. In fact, most of the time when the prophets used the imagery of God fishing for people or going out to cast a net, it was done in a sense of judgment against sin and evil. It's just one place. And that's Ezekiel chapter 47, where the fishing image is transformed into life, into something that's life-giving. And Ezekiel 47, if you have never read Ezekiel 47, well... Look, you know, Ezekiel chapters 40 to 48, pretty, pretty hard, pretty dry. It just talks about this symbolic temple that's going to be built. But here in this cool moment in chapter 47, Ezekiel on this visionary tour, he sees a new temple. And from this temple flows a river that begins as a trickle. Then it becomes wider and wider and becomes so deep that he can't step into it. And we're given this description of this river and i'll read here from verse 7 when i arrived there i saw a great number of trees on each side of the river he said to me this water flows towards the eastern region goes down into the arabia where it enters the dead sea and if you know anything about the dead sea why is it called the dead sea because it is salty dead man now this river is going to take the dead sea and make it life-giving when it empties into the sea the salty water there becomes fresh Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt river fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from Eden Gedi to Angalam. There will be places for, the, for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. Ezekiel here sees this vision that at some point in time, God's going to build this temple. And from that, a river will flow. 
and bring life, blessing and wholeness. And on that day when Jesus was standing at the shore of the lake of Gennesaret, he points to this vision that Ezekiel saw, that by offering this abundant catch of fish in a place where you're not meant to get lots of fish from at the wrong time of day, he's pointing to this. He's pointing to this moment. As the Hebrew readers of the Bible, you think, oh, this sounds a lot like what Ezekiel was talking about. Or Ezekiel transformed that image of judgment, of throwing out nets, and it's traditionally something that's bad and again, God punishing sin. Now it's a source of life. This is what Jesus is doing. He's telling Peter, James, and John, now you are going to be the same. You're going to be fishers of people to bring life, to bring wholeness, to show people that if you cast your nets into deep waters where people think there is no life, Jesus will bring life. And friends, that's the hope of the gospel. That's that same Jesus today who calls us to step out, cast our nets into the deep water in the middle of the day. Because only when we do that, it doesn't matter how tired we are, it doesn't matter how empty our nets are, Jesus wants to bring wholeness and he wants to bring life. Friends, that's hope of the gospel. That's what the gospel is all about. The uh, it's 18th century. Uh, where's Angie? Angie, can you go to the next slide, please? How do I say this name? Francesco Coelho? I haven't got your glasses. Let's just call him Francesco. Hey, I don't want to butcher the Italian. I know you're standing right there in front of me. Uh, but this is, this is an artwork by Frances- Francesco Coelho. Let's just go with that. Hey, let's just Aussie-fy it. And it's called The Release from Deception. That This is a phenomenal piece of like, art. This is all marble. He carved that net out of marble. And what, what this um, statue depicts, it's a fisherman being released from a net by an angel. And so there's an inscription there, see the book that's behind him, it's made up of different scriptures from the, from the Latin Vulgate Bible. And it says here, I will break the chain, the chain of darkness and long night of which um, you are a slave, so that you might not be condemned in this world. I've asked it a few times, where are you casting your net? Nets can be life-giving or they can be life-draining. And as Anthony at the desert saw, as he bemoaned, he's like, I just see the snares, the traps, the nets of the evil one all around me. What's the answer to that? It's humility. It's stepping out in faith and recognizing, well, I can't fix this on my own. Doesn't matter how hard I work. Doesn't matter how much knowledge I acquire. Doesn't matter how much I know the fish patterns of the lake. Only Jesus can provide the harvest. Only Jesus can throw off that net that has you trapped, that has you drained of life, that doesn't have you living to your fullest what i find just amazing and this is the the really really challenging part of this narrative is that after encountering jesus what do peter james and john do they just go i'm going to keep on fishing and just you know 
That was cool. Now we're going to become really rich. Is that what they do? Uh, what do they do? <laughs> they leave everything and follow after Jesus. Now, this is a bit of a, a snapshot for banter up a, um, for tomorrow. Murray and I record it. But in those days, Galilean fishermen, uh, you know, they made a bit of money out of it. But here they've given up everything to follow Jesus. Peter, James and John probably weren't just the poor fishermen we depict. They're probably middle-class business owners. Let's say that. Equivalent of like someone who's middle-class, not super wealthy, not super poor, living a comfortable life. And now they've just had this abundant harvest. They could make their life even more comfortable. And they drop everything and follow Jesus. Now, I recognize not every one of us is called to leave our lives behind and just follow after Jesus. Perhaps symbolically, what do you need to drop behind? What nets? The draining life away, do you need to drop and walk away in order to have newness of life? Uh, George Mueller, the, the great Christian evangelist and who started the Ash, Ashley Down Orphanage in Bristol, who prayed and prayed and prayed for God to provide, has this great quote, which I think we might be able to take something from this. We must thank God for the empty purse, for it gives him the opportunity to fill it. So right now, if you're feeling empty, if you're feeling drained, it's an opportunity, an opportunity to pray for God to fill your net, to receive the abundant harvest that he wants to offer to you. And as we just wrap up for today, as we are going to do from now on, we have our seven centres. Now, our centres are Bible-centred, prayer-centred, discipleship-centred, relationally-centred, community-centred, compassion-centred, mission-centred. If that seems like a lot to remember, don't worry, we'll be talking about this a lot, so it will start to become second-hand. And our centres for this week are discipleship-centred and mission-centred. From a discipleship-centered point of view, well, the question I've been asking all morning, where are you casting your net? It's an opportunity for you now to reflect upon that. When you think about where that net's going and what's, what's catching or not catching, think to what deep water, and whatever that deep water is, whatever act of faith that might require, does God want you to start casting your net into? And then lastly, what does leaving the boats behind look like in your situation? How does that look for you? Perhaps there's someone in this room that actually is literally just going to just quit their job and go and follow Jesus. Perhaps it's more of a symbolic, that's just putting away an old sin, an old pattern that just needs to be left behind so you can start to live in the newness of Christ. And then lastly, our missions centered value. Well, I'm gonna call this Jesus fish. Let's let's go with that. Who do I know needs to know the Jesus fish? Who 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 out there do I know needs to desperately hear about this abundant harvest that Jesus wants to offer? This Jesus that wants to fill your net so you live in the life that He has called you to. Or perhaps here in this room, there is someone here that actually doesn't know Jesus. Perhaps you need 
some Jesus fish in your life to fill your nets and live in the way that God wants you to be. She's going to give a moment now for everyone to pray over these, over these questions, which might get Keith to put back up. Where are you casting your net? What deep waters does God want you to cast into? And what does leaving the boats behind look in your situation? So I'll give you a moment to pray over that, and then I'll close off in prayer, and then I'll invite the worship team back up. So let's pray now. here. I put myself first and foremost at this. I'm guilty of this, Lord, of casting my net into places that are not life-giving. And Lord, I pray for all of us here that we start to throw our nets into the deep water, recognizing it's in the places which we think are humanly impossible is where you bring life. Lord, that's what I want to see is to see myself and all of us here, Lord, living in the way we want us to be. Like in that vision that Ezekiel saw of this river of life, bringing life and fullness and blessing. It's what the gospel does. So I pray today we can live as people that fish for other people because we recognize what Jesus has done in our lives. So let's pray for your help and strength and to leave the boats behind and start casting our nets in the places that they should be. And Lord, if anyone here needs to hear that good news now Lord just put it on their heart to go and speak to myself or someone else today to experience the life giving good news of Jesus and I pray all of this now in Jesus precious name Amen Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.